What's up, everyone? Welcome into this Thursday edition of Locked On Jayhawks. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Sean Kellerman, Learfield IMG College broadcaster and University of Kansas insider. This is Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, giving you insight, numbers, and a chance to hear from all the voices within Kansas athletics. Well, obviously, yesterday the big news was Bryce Thompson committing to Kansas. KU gets the five-star combo guard out of Tulsa, and there's some good news on the recruiting front today as well. Coming up on the show, we're going to get a chance to hear from Isaiah Moss after his uh, first regular season game, which took place last Friday against UNC Greensboro. We'll hear his thoughts on playing ball here at KU, and we'll also hear a little bit from Norm Roberts, uh, early scout on Monmouth, and his thoughts on Isaiah Moss and what the shooter can do for this team. A little bit later, we'll hear from Andrew Parchment and Carter Stanley as Kansas football gets back on track on Saturday. They're going to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. That game is an 11 a.m. kick in Stillwater. And uh, Jayhawks obviously had back-to-back great offensive performances before that kind of thud game against K-State a couple weeks back, and now we're coming off that bye. And we're going to hear... About Jayhawks in the NBA, update you guys on how our Hawks at the next level are doing and talk about last night's Big 12 games as well. Well, let's start with Kansas basketball. Big day yesterday without question in getting Bryce Thompson. Today's big day too. Thompson was the number, uh, the top recruit of the class, the only five-star. There were two four-star guys who had already committed to Kansas, one being Juco man Tyon Grant Foster and one being big man who's soon-to-be freshman Jethro Muscadin. Good news, Grant Foster today, which marked the first day of the official early signing period, signed officially with the Jayhawks. Bill Self saying, quote, Tyan is very long and extremely skilled. He can play basically anywhere on the floor, one through four. He's good with the ball, has great vision, and is a terrific athlete. His motor is always running, end quote. That's Bill Self talking about Ty and Grant Foster, this according to Gary Bedore. Gary Bedore also gave updates today on both Isaiah Moss and Jalen Wilson. Wilson, of course, suffered that broken ankle in the game against Greensboro. Bedore saying that Self was told Wilson had surgery yesterday to prepare his to repair his broken ankle, and that surgery went great. Self also saying that Wilson won't be able to put any weight on his ankle for six weeks, and he'll be out 10 to 12 weeks The Jayhawks hoping that's closer to 10 weeks, so they don't really know yet if Wilson's season is going to be over or not. 10 weeks would put us right around uh, late January, which is pretty deep into the season, but still would have a month and a half, two months to go. So he could redshirt, he could not redshirt. I mean, this is a guy that coming in was thought of as a two or three year player, or he could come back and maybe provide Kansas a spark late in the year. So that's an update on Jalen Wilson. Other update, of course, is On Isaiah Moss, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Moss is yet to be 100% healthy throughout this year, but he did get some run in the game against UNC Greensboro. Moss played 25 minutes in that game, scored eight points, hit a couple threes. Bill Self telling Gary Bedore that Moss is between 80 and 85% and hopes he'll be 100% by Maui. KU's Maui Invitational a couple weeks away. Game against Chaminade is on Monday, November 25th, and then Kansas will also play opponents and times to be announced later, depending on the results of that game against Chaminade on Tuesday, November 26th, and Wednesday, November 27th. So 
Thanksgiving week will be a busy one in terms of the Jayhawk basketball team, and that's always a fun time of year to kind of follow the squad and see how they do in these early season tournaments. So those are some updates on some of the incoming KU players and, of course, some of the current players as well. And now I want to talk about Isaiah Moss. This is a guy who came over from Iowa as a senior grad transfer, and he immediately, we knew, was going to have a big piece on this team because he was brought over to shoot and make baskets from the outside, and that is what he does best. Isaiah Moss mentioned had a couple threes in the first game, and he is an experienced and good three-point shooter. Now, he's played at Iowa, which is playing in the Big Ten Conference, of course, but maybe not exactly the same type of atmosphere that Moss played in front of for the first time in a regular season game as he did on Friday. Here's Isaiah talking about the Fieldhouse and its atmosphere. This atmosphere is just crazy. Um, it's something that I've never been around. Uh, I'm just thankful to be here. It's it's a lot of fun to play here. You know, once you make a shot, everybody's going crazy. So it just brings a lot of energy to our team. Isaiah had a lot of schools interested in his services following his four-year career at Iowa, and here's what he had to say about choosing Kansas. Just a tradition. Um, obviously, playing for a Hall of Fame coach is, is great. You know, something I always wanted to do. Um, you know, just a tradition behind it. I want to uh, be able to play for a national championship, so I came here. Some of the many attractive qualities of the Kansas basketball program to not only incoming recruits, like we've been talking about the past couple of days, but potential transfers. Transferring has been a big deal in college of late, and particularly these graduate transfers who, by NCAA rules, can play right away. And again, that was huge for this KU team, wanting to get a shooter from the outside after some struggles last year, and knowing that you need to be able to hit shots from the outside if you can play with uh, your big men down low, play through them. So Isaiah Moss, a welcome sight. Here's Norm Roberts, KU assistant coach, talking about how Isaiah can make this KU team better. I think he does because he can stretch the floor. And once he really gets healthy, he'll be able to do some other things off the dribble as well. But, but uh, you know, he, he gives us another ball-handling guard. He gives us more spacing on the floor. You know, and then Tristan. Tristan played terrific tonight, too. He gave us really good minutes. I guess he played about 19 minutes. And, you know, his length and his ability to switch on ball screens and, and still have some size in there uh, really helps. It. And obviously, he made a huge three when they cut it to 10 at the top, which was a big-time shot, so I thought he played well. That's Norm Roberts talking about Isaiah Moss and, of course, Tristan Inaruna, who has shown good signs for this team. Isaiah Moss, let's not forget, he didn't play in the Duke game. You know, that was a mess of a game in terms of the 28 turnovers and never really getting in a flow. KU only got nine three-pointers off, but they also weren't at full strength. Let's not forget that. So Moss ends up with eight points in the game against Greensboro, also had three boards in the game. And Tristan Aruna, who Coach Roberts just talked about, he had a good game, just as he did. Pretty good game against Duke as well in the opener. Aruna against Greensboro had nine points and five boards. This is a guy who has the potential to be a triple-double type guy and be a guy who can be an impact player for a professional team sometime down the road as well. We'll hear more from Norm Roberts after the break, we'll also talk about some of those Jayhawks who are currently playing at the NBA level, and we'll recap some of the action as well that was in the Big 12, three Big 12 games in action last night. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. So let's take a look at how some of our Jayhawks in the NBA are performing. Introduced this segment last Thursday, and I 
decided I'm going to go ahead and do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays just to keep Jayhawk Nation informed a little bit more on how these guys are doing at the next level. We've got you know eight guys probably who are playing a lot of minutes for NBA teams and of course a couple stars, a couple stars in the making perhaps as well. But for today's show, we're going to go back to Sunday to kind of recap some of the action from this weekend. Andrew Wiggins on Sunday had 25 points and 5 assists as he continues to put together perhaps his best season to date. Devontae Graham, who is just knocking people's socks off in in, uh, Charlotte, 19 points and 10 assists for Dite. Joel Embiid, a ho-hum, 18 and 9. Kelly Oubre for the Suns had 18 points and 5 boards. Shaq Diallo is still on a roster. He is a son just like Oubre, 3 points and a rebound. And Marcus Morris, who plays for the Knicks, he had 9 points and 6 rebounds in Sunday's games. Speaking of Wiggins, he was action on Monday as well. And in that game, Andrew Wiggins had 33 points six boards and five assists and in that game Wiggins surpassed 8,000 career points becoming the 11th youngest player in NBA history to reach the milestone now he's taken some hits in the media about his play obviously he hasn't had the greatest field goal percentage greatest free throw percentage and his team hasn't won a ton so there are some knocks on Wiggs for sure but I think we can tell this season that he is motivated to continue to improve and it's showing in his numbers in that game, Monday mentioned 33 points for Wiggins to surpass 8,000. Markeith Morris and Sviatoslav Mikhailuk, they are teammates on the Pistons. Keith had 10 points, 6 boards, and 2 assists in the Pistons game on Monday. And Svi had uh, no points, no boards, but he did play 5 minutes as uh, the Pistons on Monday fell to Andrew Wiggins' Timberwolves, 120 to 114. The other Jayhawk in action on Monday was Ben McLemore. He's kind of revived his NBA career. And in that game, McLemore played 19 minutes as the Rockets beat the Pelicans 122 to 116. Not McLemore's best game. He had just four points, uh, one board, and one assist, but still getting some run. And with the injury to Eric Gordon, Ben McLemore could see a lot more minutes for sure. A lot of action on Tuesday as well in the league. Joel Embiid had a more Embiid-like performance, 27 points, 16 boards, and 4 assists on Tuesday as the 76ers clipped the Cavs in Philadelphia 98-97. to Marcus Morris had a better game Tuesday as well. He had 22 points and 9 boards. Keefe had 13 points, 3 boards, and 3 assists for the Knicks as they lost to the Bulls 120-102. to Sviatoslav Mikhailuk had 6 minutes in the Pistons game, 6 points, 3 boards, on Tuesday and Kelly Oubre not his best game Tuesday he played 19 minutes but just had one point one assist and four rebounds in that game in terms of the games last night it was Wiggins again 30 points eight boards seven assists Andrew Wiggins having a massive week and just putting on a great season as I mentioned Ben McLemore got 23 minutes in the Rockets game Rockets beat the Clippers 102 to 93 Ben eight points Five boards and an assist. And in 34 minutes of play for the Hornets, our Devontae Graham had 19 points, four boards, and one assist. Joel Embiid did not play tonight. 76ers lost to the Magic 112-97. to They're saying left knee soreness slash injury management. So we'll have to see if that's more related to something like workload management or more related to a new injury that perhaps came up for Embiid. But hopefully 
that's not the case. That's your recap on NBA Jayhawks. And now to check in on the Big 12 scores from last night and big games in college basketball. First off, how about number 10 Villanova in terms of the top 25? They go to Ohio State and they got down 40 to 15 immediately and never recovered. Ohio State won that game 76 to 51. That game in Columbus. So Villanova ranked number 10 will be dropping far. Another big upset in regards to the top 25 rankings. And in terms of the Big 12, two of those games ended with the same score. Big 12, another perfect night. They went 3-0. Kansas State defeated Monmouth 73-54. The Wildcats were 12-point favorites, and they were actually down in this game 29-20 at halftime. But then Xavier Sneed and company got right in the second half. They win 73-54 in that game. Sneed had 15 points to lead the way for the Cats, McCole Maywean had 11 points and 9 boards in just 17 minutes. Another 73-54 to score from last night. Oklahoma State, another team that struggled early. They got down early against College of Charleston, but they defeated the Cougars by that same 19-point margin. Thomas DeZagua, the three-point shooter for Oklahoma State, he led all scorers with 21 points in that one. They improved to 3-0. Also improving to 3-0 and in a much similar fashion to like they did last year, just obliterating their opponents, is Texas Tech. Chris Beard having no problem at all motivating his guys. Texas Tech disposes of Houston Baptist 103-74. to couple new names we're going to have to learn. Jameis Ramsey had 25 points in just 22 minutes for Texas Tech, and TJ Holyfield had 21 points in just 20 minutes. So Chris Beard's company... Chris Beard and company ranked number 11 in the AP poll. They win big again, defeating the Houston Baptist Huskies, who fall to 0-3. So that's a look at some of the Jayhawks in the NBA this past week and Big 12 action last night. One Big 12 game tonight, and it's the backyard brawl, as they call it. West Virginia traveling to Pitt to take on the Panthers. All right, back to our Jayhawks. We Heard from Norm Roberts and Isaiah Moss and talked about his role on this year's KU team. The three guys who start in the backcourt for the Jayhawks obviously are going to be huge parts for this KU team. Offensively, we're going to see a lot of numbers, particularly out of Devon Dotson and Ochai Abaji. But this team can be very good defensively because of Dotson, Abaji, and Marcus Garrett's collective ability to defend. Here's Norm Roberts talking about that. I think we should be really good defensively based on the three perimeter guys that we have starting off with Devon and Marcus and Ocha. And those guys should be high-level defenders, and, and I think they are at times. And then having a rim protector like Udoka and David and, and Silvio at times, I think we should be pretty good defensively. And then when you add in you know, Tristan's length and, and that stuff, we should, be, we should be a good defensive team. Neither of KU's first two opponents, Duke and UNC Greensboro, have shot well from the field. Greensboro, in fact, was uh, just 24 of 62 for a 39% clip and 8 of 31 from 3 for a 26% clip. So KU's ability on the perimeter, particularly with those guards, certainly important and will continue to be an important factor. We'll hear from Bill Self tomorrow regarding Monmouth and KU's battle with them tomorrow night, which is going to be at 7 o'clock at Allen Fieldhouse. Here's an early scout from Norm Roberts. Very good team. Obviously, another North Carolina disciple, uh, as Wes was uh, with his team, uh, with King Rice, and, and uh, they play fast. They, they'll play two bigs at sometimes, and sometimes they'll play small and spread the floor and, and those things. They don't have as many shooters as, as uh, UNC Greensboro did, but 
they'll be a formidable team. That's the one thing about our schedule every year is that we're going to play good teams that are at the top of their leagues all the time, so we've got to come ready to play. That's Norm Roberts talking about Monmouth, KU's opponent, tomorrow night. Coming up, we're going to hear more from Kansas football, Carter Stanley and Andrew Parchment as they talk about maybe what went wrong in the K-State game a couple weeks ago and look forward to the Oklahoma State battle on Saturday. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, before we hear from some of the guys at KU Football, I want to throw out some quotes to kind of put a cap on uh, a good first signing day yesterday for Kansas basketball. I talked about Ty and Grant Foster and some of the things that Coach Self said about him. Bryce Thompson also made it official yesterday in his commitment uh, after making the verbal commitment a couple days ago. Bill Self saying regarding Thompson, quote, the signing of Bryce is one of our most important signees in recent memory. Landing a top 20 player is a positive statement for our program on and off the court. End quote. Self also saying we've recruited Bryce for probably three or four years and certainly knew he was always going to be a target, but his development has really taken off the last couple of years. He's grown to 6'5". He's a lead guard and scoring guard. We've had some of our best success with these type of combo guards. That's Bill Self talking about Bryce Thompson. He and Ty and Grant Foster both making their commitment to Kansas official yesterday. Great day for KU basketball. And as Coach said, good on and off the court with everything that's been going on for the Jayhawks. All right, let's transition a little bit to football. They're 3-6, and 1-5 and five in the conference. So they got to win out to guarantee themselves a spot in a bowl game. And it's not going to be easy. They're going to start with... Chuba Hubbard and 6-3 and Oklahoma State after this bye week. Perhaps that could give KU a little bit of an advantage. KU's top receiver through the early stages of the season was Andrew Parchment, and he is still in the top five in the Big 12 in both receptions and reception yards. Here's Andrew Parchment talking about what Kansas did during the bye week. We did uh, a lot of 11-11 more, uh, work more, um, especially last week as well, um, just to make it feel like we still had a game this week. Um, went full pads all week as well, so we just made sure that we still had that feel um, as if we're playing a game and everybody just wasn't uh, lackluster going into the um, um, coming off the bye week. Motivation for the Jayhawks shouldn't be a factor after that disappointment in the Dylan Sunflower showdown against Kansas State. Here's Carter Stanley talking about why his offense struggled against the Wildcats. They had a really good scheme overall. Um, you know, they uh, they definitely got some some good coaches over there, and um, you know, I think. Uh, for us offensively, you know, we, we looked at it and a lot of it was just us not as players not being able to execute and capitalize and, you know, finish off drives. Um, you know, for me personally, throwing two interceptions both on the first play of the drive, that, you know, that kills us. And those two interceptions that Carter threw uh, were bad for more than one reason. Obviously, Kansas State controlled the game with their run game, rushing for 342 yards. But it also really didn't give the KU offense a chance to display some of the plays that they have had so much success in the first two games under Brent Deerman, the Texas and Texas Tech games. Here's Carter Stanley talking about how they felt like they didn't even get to those plays. We didn't really get to get to so many of the plays that we wanted to. You know, there was 
so many plays on that script that we weren't able to run. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, again, a lot of it was just uh, because we weren't, we weren't on the field that long. And it was a far cry from the Texas and Texas Tech games in which Kansas was on the field a lot and they were going down and they were scoring and it looked like a big-time conference spread offense that was getting down the field and putting up touchdowns. And that was the mojo that they had. And against Kansas State, the turnovers were a problem. The inability to stop the run was a problem. And KU's offense was not able to get on the field or be on the field and clearly did not have anywhere near the amount of success they had against those two Texas schools the two weeks prior. Here's Andrew Parchment talking about the mojo that this team had when they were having so much success. Texas is Texas Tech. Um, we felt like we was about to score every single time we touched the ball. So we got to get that mojo back and that juice back. And I feel like um, uh, plays would just start coming as if we, if we carry on that juice. The story of those two games for Kansas in which they lost 50-48 to to Texas and then they defeated Texas Tech 37-34 to was the success of this offense behind new offensive coordinator Brent Deerman. And, you know, we're thinking that this could be the guy who – uh, is able to take this program, this offense at least, to new heights because he's got that youthful exuberance. He clearly knows his X's and O's. He came over from a school in which was in the NIA, yes, but he led the entire country at any level in offense and scoring. And all you hear from these players is that Dearman loves to put up points, and that was the case in his first two games. The other thing you'll hear about these players is how much they love Brent Deerman. Carter Stanley, after um, the Texas Tech game, said that he, he was mad. He was pissed that his eligibility was coming to an end because he would play for Coach Miles and Coach Deerman for 100 years if they would let him. That's how much respect that uh, this coaching staff, those two guys in particular, have from these KU players. And here's Andrew Parchment talking about that respect and kind of echoing Carter's sentiments. Coach Jeremy, he's a very uh, uh, player-friendly coach. Uh, he likes our input. He listens to our input a lot. Like during the game, if I tell him I like a certain route, he'll damn near call the next play. So um, I like that a lot about him. Um, I just feel like the way that he, he tells us to attack the game as well is going to help us out um, after football as well and attacking life. Love to hear that, obviously. And hopefully this Kansas team and the offense can get back on track against Oklahoma State. And we're going to do a deep dive on Oklahoma State in tomorrow's show as Kansas looks to uh, get back to the success they had against Texas and Texas Tech. We'll talk about Chuba Hubbard, all the numbers he's putting up as the lead back in Oklahoma State. And who's the best running back, Puka Williams or Chuba Hubbard in the Big 12? Those guys have got to be at the top of the list. So we'll hear some uh, more sound from Andrew Parchment, Carter Stanley, and Les Miles tomorrow in previewing the game against the Pokes Saturday at 11 o'clock in Stillwater. And we'll also uh, dive a little deeper into the stats, as I mentioned, for Oklahoma State and perhaps uh, pinpoint a few weaknesses that this KU offense can attack and hopefully KU defense can force some turnovers and give their offense a chance to be successful as well. Also on tomorrow's show, we'll go through the Friday Five, five lines I like, whether it's NFL, college football, or college basketball, everything in full swing right now. See if we can pick up some more winners this week after a two and three week last week. We'll recap tonight's game in the backyard brawl between Pitt and West Virginia and talk about some of the other uh, college basketball and football games going on in the Big 12 this weekend as well. And then, of course, we'll hear more from head coach Bill Self and his press conference later today and some KU players as well as KU takes on Monmouth tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Allen Fieldhouse. 
Then after that, it's a Tuesday matchup next week against East Tennessee State. The team was picked first in the league that UNC Greensboro was picked second in uh, by the coaches in the preseason. And then after that game on Tuesday, we're talking about the Maui Invitational, three games in three days. Love that for KU Hoops as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Locked On Jayhawks, a product of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And rock chalk, Jayhawk.